Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here again. I guess I don't need to introduce myself since Matt just did that. How's everybody feeling? Great. Anybody stressed out? <laughs> that doesn't work with what I was going to say. But the statistics say, actually, uh, that 50% of us who live in the suburbs, which I think Salem is pretty close to the suburbs, 50% of us are, are stressed out. If you live in the city, again, I'm not sure that Salem counts, but of course it is a city, but I guess if you live downtown, uh, two-thirds of the people that live in the city would say they're stressed out. And if you live in the country, only a third of you would say you're stressed out. So I guess that is why uh, Silverton people are so friendly, right? <laughs> nice, nice folks over there. <laughs> Jolene's laughing. She's from Silverton. Very nice. Very nice gal. So the reason I bring that up is because I'm in that camp. I'm stressed out uh, regularly. And, and a year ago, it was, it was real bad, to be honest with you. Um, I was uh, having trouble sleeping because of, because of my stress. And it was keeping me up at night or I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would start rolling through all the things going on in my life. I had a list of things and I, for whatever reason, my mind would take off in the middle of the night and I would start, start thinking through uh, everything that was going on. And it was maddening. It was keeping me up and it was rough. So I uh, tried to use some common sense and try to you know, explore some options. How can I get some more sleep? Uh, stop drinking caffeine. Uh, that, that didn't help. In fact, that was irritating that I didn't, wasn't able to drink my coffee. Uh, I went to a doctor. Uh, he gave me some sleeping pills to take, but that didn't, that didn't do the trick. I didn't care for those at all. Uh, I went to see a counselor and met with, met with somebody that we send people to here uh, regularly, and, and that was helpful. I got to talk with him, got to talk through some, some issues at work, um, and, and I really did, did get some help from him. And, and then my last ditch effort was I went to a sleep doctor, actually right up the road here, Dr. Shim, I think his name was, from Salem Sleep Medicine. And I'm hoping he's got like the answer to my issues, right? He can say, oh, it's just, you need a new pillow. You know, that's all, that's all you need. Let's do a sleep study on you. It's just your pillow is terrible. Uh, but I met with him, I sat down, it's kind of a funny story, and he, he talks in a really thick accent. I, I don't think this is offensive, but he, he sits down and says, Tim, what do you do for work? And I say, uh, uh, Dr. Shim, I, I work in investments. I do stocks and bonds for people. I help them plan their retirement, help them, help them invest for the future. And he goes, oh, no. And I was like, what? What is it? What, what's, the, what's wrong with that? And he goes, Tim. Accountants have after-tax season to relax. Real estate people, they have the winter. There's a slow time they can relax and unwind. Teachers have the summer. He says, you have no downtime. <laughs> and I was like, I know, right? Investments, they happen all the time. And it's volatile, it's crazy. Dr. Shim, what do I do? You know, give me, what's the, what's the answer to my, my problem? And his solution uh, was not a sleep study or anything, uh, which I appreciated him not encouraging me to come in and spend money for something that I didn't need. Uh, but his solution was, go to bed later. <laughs> so you're more tired, so you might sleep through the, sleep through the night. 
which was actually pretty good advice. That, that helped. Okay, but I did not get the relief uh, that I was looking for th through any of those options. But I did find relief and I did find refuge in the book of Psalms, which is obviously what we're going to talk about today in just a couple of minutes. So I'm wondering, I, I probably don't have to, to prove it to you guys that life is stressful, right? We don't have to spend much time thinking about this from college and grades and, and scholarships, and paying for tuition, making huge life decisions in that time period to uh, you know, career if you're not in college and you're, you're trying to climb the ladder, you're trying to, trying to make progress. If you're in sales, oh my gosh, there's so much pressure to sell, to make commissions, to, to pay rent. If you're running a business, you've got employees and you've got sales to deal with. You've got relationships that can be challenging, not just marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend, but family, brothers, very stressful. <laughs> uh, but marriage too can be stressful uh, for those of you who, who are married not my marriage of course but maybe your guys' marriage is, is stressful uh, divorce something that's not funny is probably I mean I've seen enough of these that posted on those that's got to be one of the most stressful events in, in someone's life health concerns financial things parenting then you come to church and some guy's listing all the areas that you're stressed out about. And now you're stressed out. Now it's more than 50% are stressed out. <laughs> At least in this group. But uh, in all seriousness, you've got all this, this pressure from every angle. And then you pick up your phone or you turn on the news. You've got this pile of stress. And you read about what Matt was mentioning, this horrific massacre that, that we just saw. You read about this, this mass murder man that that's just makes your heart sink. Or, or, you, or you look at the hurricanes that we've had, or the earthquakes, or the fires, and you just layer that stuff on top of everything else that we've got going on. It's rough for some of us. I heard someone interviewed after, after the, the Vegas shooting and said uh, on, the, on the radio, I'm done with thoughts and prayers. I'm done. This is useless. These, these aren't helping anymore. And I don't know what her solution was. I think she said it's time to act. And I don't, maybe she's going to call her congressman or something. They're going to fix stuff, which is probably unlikely. I wonder how many of you are in that same in that same area, You're going down that same road. Obviously, you haven't given up completely. You came to church on Sunday, so you haven't you haven't given up on thoughts and prayers. But how many of the how many of you are, are are at your wits' end? You're stressed out. You pray and you can't find relief, man. You, you've been praying until you're blue in the face. People are still dying, and your life is still incredibly stressful, maybe as stressful as it's ever been, and you're just like, that's it. I'm done. I've had it. I just say, if you're, if you're feeling that way, then I just encourage you not to give up. Don't give up. Thoughts and prayers are our greatest resource. Using our mind to, to learn what's true, to know what is true, and then to, and then to pray 
to God the Father and, and, and tell him how we're feeling and, and beg him to help us through this situation. This is the great resource that we have. Don't give up until you find the refuge and the relief that you're looking for. I found that in Psalm 61, and I want to talk through that today with all of you guys. I want David, King David, who wrote Psalm 61, to lead us to remember the refuge of the rock. This is what's, this is what's helped me. Would you turn to Psalm 61 or look it up on your phone, or whatever. read it for us. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Or uh, another version says, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge and a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O oh God, have heard my vows and have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Then he, then he makes a turn here. Starts talking in the third person. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. Man, I can tell you how much I love the Psalms. I don't know if it's uh, like a misery loves company idea where when I'm miserable, I like to go to the Psalms and I like to think, ah, I'm not the only one. King David is miserable here. He's, he's, he's desperate. And it's not the first time that, that someone's been miserable when I am. He wrote this 3,000 years ago. And yet, it's still so true for some, for some of us that are stressed out and, and hurting. It's so emotional. It's so desperate. He's in agony here. He's pleading with God. It's so real. I love reading these things. I it just, it just resonates with me. So let's go through my, my little thesis statement. Remember the refuge of the rock. Remember is the first, the first point here. What, why are we talking about remember? Well, in verse 3, he says, For you have been my refuge. What's David doing here? He's thinking back previously to when God has saved him. David wrote a ton of the Psalms. And they're all pretty much like this, or a lot of them are pretty much like this. He's freaking out in the beginning, and then God saves him in the end. He's praising God in the end. So this is not David's first rodeo. This is not the first time he's been in distress. God has saved him, and he's remembering that. He's trying to remember that. Why is he trying to remember that? It's because he doesn't feel like God is paying attention to him. In the beginning, when it says, hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer like, God, are you listening? Can you hear me? In Psalm 13, he says, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Like, are you even paying attention to my situation? This is how he's feeling. But he's trying to redirect his feelings 
by remembering what God has done. Just because David feels like God isn't listening to him, just, just because it feels like he's not paying attention to him, does not make it true. That doesn't mean God isn't paying attention to him. So he's trying to redirect his feelings here. What does define God? If, if David's feelings and our feelings don't define God, what does define God? How about the book that he wrote? How about the things that he put down here for us? If we don't have, if you and I don't have examples that we can think about and we can remember, oh, remember this time that God saved me. Like if, if you have a hard time remembering that or, or maybe you don't have that experience yet of when God got you through a stressful situation, we have example after example that we can read in Scripture of him taking, taking his people from a stressful situation and then, and then seeing them through it. And, and seeing them saved in the end. The greatest example of him doing this is obviously Jesus, right? Where he saves the Jews, he saves humanity through his son on the cross. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. So remember the refuge of the rock, the refuge. What is the refuge? The refuge is protection. Uh, it's shelter, right, from the storm. I don't know if, uh, if many of you guys know, um, I'm sure some of you do, our backstory. Matt and I's dad and mom uh, planted a church in the Florida Keys, I think back in the 70s. And the church grew, um, had some success, and then they started a school that was a part of that. Uh, and then the school grew. Uh, and so they had, to, they had to build a building for a, for a high school because they had too many students. And there was some debate, how should we build the high school? Should it be made of steel, which is a little bit less expensive, but not as sturdy? Or should we make it this like hardcore concrete structure that will withstand a Category 5 hurricane? And my dad was lobbying for the more expensive hurricane shelter. Uh, and he got his wish. They built, they built this, this, this incredible building that would double as a hurricane shelter. And they just got to use that the other day. I think, was it Irma? Was it Hurricane Irma that went through there? It was being used for a hurricane shelter. This is the refuge idea. These people got to wait out the storm, people that didn't evacuate like they were supposed to, got to wait out the storm in this incredible, in this incredible building. And the storm came by and they were safe. This is the picture of, of the refuge. But what the refuge doesn't do is eliminate the storm. The storms keep coming. We've seen three hurricanes at least uh, recently, maybe another one coming, Hurricane Nate in the Gulf. Like, refuge doesn't eliminate the hurricanes. I don't know how you stop a hurricane. I don't know if uh, reducing my carbon footprint would do that, but I think, it's, I think it's difficult to stop these storms. It's difficult to stop the earthquakes. The, uh, the fires, most of them, uh, can't be stopped. And stress in our lives is hard to stop. I mean, completely. There's obviously some things we can do to reduce stress in our lives, some common sense things, taking some, taking some things off our plate. But the refuge idea, it, it protects us from the inevitable stress that will come if you step foot outside your door or if you look at your phone. Dave uses a, David uses a, an example of mama bird protecting her, her chicks. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. I don't resonate a whole lot with the mama bird idea, but what I do resonate with is a story that we heard 
in the Vegas shooting, right? One of the one of the many stories where the the, the bullets started flying, and there was a, I think a newlywed couple that were in the middle of the middle of the concert, and they were trying to find an exit. They were trying to get out of harm's way, and at one point, the husband is shielding his wife from bullets that are flying, and he takes a few bullets in the back, and he ends up dying, but he saves his wife's life. Dude, that is the refuge that Dave is looking for in here. And that is the refuge that I want. That, that's the same thing that I want in this. I can't tell you how important it is to find a Psalms. And I'm just talking about the book of Psalms. The rest of the Bible is awesome. But I think the Psalms, I'm at least lobbying this morning. The, the, the Psalms are the greatest book for when you're stressed out. When you're in distress. Find a Psalms that resonates with you, that takes your deepest desires for refuge and for relief and puts it into words where you're saying, oh my gosh, I feel that same way that David does. I want that same thing. I want exactly what he wants. It's so powerful when you find that, and it can take time. Right? This isn't like the first one you read should, should do this. It, it took me a long time to find something that, that really resonated with me and reading it over and over again sometimes. When you find it, you start to remember it. Not like you, you have to memorize like in, like in Sunday school or something line by line, but, but it resonates so much with you that you can't forget it. So that when, when stress starts to spool up in your life, when you hear bad news, when anything starts to, starts to happen, you recall some of these psalms. You can, pull, you can pull pieces of them out of here. You can incorporate them into your own prayer. And so if, if it's a, a relationship that's, that's challenging and you think, man, I don't have the strength to deal with this person. Say, no, you are my refuge. You are my strength, God. You are my strong tower against my enemy. Or, or if, man, if I lose this account, I'm not going to be able to get the income I need. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay my bills, pay rent. No, God, you are my provider. You are my deliverer. You will take care of us. And if you can't sleep for multiple nights in a row, you think, God, how am I going to just, just carry on basic, basic things? i got to get up. i got to do things. How am I going to do this? You'd say, no, you are my rest, God. You, I will find my rest in you. And you can push back a little bit on the stress that's driving you crazy. This is how powerful. This is the refuge that I have found. And I hope, and I, and, and I think this is available to all of you as well. You can find refuge. Remember the refuge. And the last part is remember the refuge of the rock. The rock. Does anybody think about Dwayne Johnson when I mentioned the rocket? <laughs> he, he totally ruined that. I've been trying to focus on the rock, and I've been thinking about, can you smell what the rock is cooking, or whatever he used to say. Dwayne Johnson, for those of you who don't know, used to be a professional wrestler, um, turned actor. Uh, he, he was such a tough guy for a while, but then I watched Moana the other day. <laughs> And he's the poofy-haired demigod, or whatever, uh, singing kids' songs, which I can now not get out of my head. And I, I'm tempted to sing it right now. So the rest of you with small children who've heard this song, 
incessantly over and over again like, like we have, you'll get it stuck in your head too, but I, but I won't. That's not the rock that David's looking for. That's not, a, that's, not a good, that's not a safe rock. David asks for, in verse 2, no, yeah, verse 2, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This is what he asks for. And then a few verses later, I made note of it when I read it the first time, he starts talking in the third person about the king. I was a little confused the first time I read this, thinking, wait, isn't he a king? Is he, is he just talking about himself in the third person? But he's not. Prolong the life of the king. May his life endure to all generations. May he be enthroned before God forever. Uh, appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. What, what's he talking about? David's talking about the Messiah, the predicted Messiah that's supposed to save the Jews and save the rest of the world. What he doesn't know is that Messiah is Jesus. But we know the rock that he asked for, he then is, is thinking about just a few verses later. God answered his prayer. And now he's thinking about something far greater than his own situation. This is a great reminder for us when we're stressed out to not wallow in our own situation. We're tempted when things are going bad just to focus on our own stuff and, and just like, ah, oh, life is terrible. I can't stop thinking about it. My life is, you know, whatever stuff is going wrong, even though it, it probably is terrible. It's not helpful just to wallow in that. But we need to take a note from David here and turn and think about something far greater. Think about Jesus and think about the stress that he went through, the horrific stress that he went through. The stress of his death that he knew was coming. His whole life, he knew this was coming for him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he's sweating blood. He's so stressed out. Waiting for the, the, the harassment, for the beatings, for the whippings, for the stabbing, for, the, for, for being hung on a cross. But what does Jesus do to get through his stress? What is, what is Jesus doing as he's hanging on the cross moments before he dies? He quotes psalms. He uses psalms. Did you know that Jesus quoted psalms in the Bible more than any other book? He quoted it 11 times. And in his worst, in his, in his most horrific moment, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Psalm 22. And this time it's not a feeling. He's not feeling like God turned his back on him. That's actually what happened. It's the only time God has ever turned his back on somebody. He turned his back on Jesus so he didn't have to turn his back on us. He turned his back on Jesus and let him die on the cross so that we can live. Jesus is the great husband that died the agonizing death for his bride, us, the church. This is the refuge of the cross. Even though our stressful situations are a big deal, and, and I don't want to minimize them, but I want to maximize how much bigger of a deal Jesus' death on the cross was and is to us and the forgiveness that we get as a result of that when we believe. This is the, the refuge of the rock. 
if Psalms are good enough for Jesus to quote to get through his horrific situation, I think they're probably good enough for us. And Tim Keller says in his book, Songs of Jesus, this guy right here, it's a little devotional, something that somebody from Silverton gave me, of course, so nice, to help me get through or to help me learn about the Psalms. This has been a, a huge help to me, super practical thing. If you want to get through Psalms, you want to know what's going on, Tim Keller breaks those up into little bite-sized pieces. You can read, read them once a day if you want, or you can read more. But Keller says that these, these Psalms, although they were written by David and a few other people, they were written about Jesus. They were written for Jesus. And Keller calls them the Songs of Jesus poems of Jesus. If, if your situation, if you're stressed out at any point, now or some point in the future, and you're too tired to pull these, like I was talking about, pulling pieces of these psalms out to incorporate them in your own prayers, if you just don't have the words anymore, man, do you know what I found? The best thing to do is, is just to crawl inside it. To take a psalm and just use that as your refuge. Pray these, these exact words that were written about Jesus and for Jesus and pray them back to him. The exact ones. It's probably better than, than our own prayers. This is a great way to seek refuge in the midst of your storm and in the midst of your, your stressful situation. Let me just finish with uh, my situation. Uh... I'm still stressed sometimes. I still don't, don't sleep great all the time. This is not magic, what I'm, what I'm talking about. This is not magic and your, your problems don't disappear overnight. Even though there is a song that says there'll be weeping in the evening and joy will come in the morning, it might not be tomorrow morning. <laughs> but as you as you seek the refuge of the rock, as you're able to get through a stressful situation, you earn strength. You build strength to get through the next storm, to get through the next stressful situation. And, and you're able to get through it a little easier. You freak out a little less. You go to the Psalms a little faster, which I found I'm doing now. There is hope, uh, but sometimes it's perseverance that God is looking for. Like James 1 says, the perseverance through trials will produce maturity in our faith. You, you mature, you, you strengthen, and you're able to get through the next, the next thing that comes up or the next piece of news that that you need. I hope that's helpful uh, to all of you. Let me, let me close this in prayer. Let me pray Psalm 61. Us. Jesus, some of us are stressed out, whether we'd admit it or not. Some of us are, are hurting. God, I pray that you would hear our cry, that you would hear their cry, that you would listen to their prayer. They're calling, they're calling you from the end of their rope, man, at their wit's end. And their heart is, is so overwhelmed by whatever situation is going on. 
in their life. So many different places that, that stress could come from. God, lead us to the rock that is higher than I, that is higher than us. God, for you have been our refuge. You have, you have saved us before. You will save us again. Be the strong tower against our enemy. Let us dwell in your tent, God, where it's safe. Let us take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O oh God, have heard our vows, and you have given us the inheritance of those who fear your name. That is such stinking good news that we get that same inheritance. Now prolong the life, or you have prolonged the life of the king. Is he will live forever for all generations. He will be enthroned before you forever. You appointed steadfast love and, and thankfulness to watch over him. You rose Jesus from the dead. You saved him from death. He conquered that situation. And we too can have victory over that through his death and through his, through his life, through his resurrection. God, so then, once that, once we know that, once we hear that, we're reminded of that. I pray that we will praise Your name as we perform our vows day after day. I pray this to be true for our church. I pray that that anybody who's, who's feeling this way would find comfort and kind of find refuge in these words this morning. I pray this in Your great name.